what is there to be said that hasn't already been said about substances that play that pitchers use when they pitch? I'm sorry, I don't you said hear sticky. It. You said sticky pun, and I got hungry because I was thinking of sticky bun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about sticky buns. That's let's fine. talk about sticky buns. Welcome everyone to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode 16, The Angels Bullpen, The Definition of Insanity. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. We are two lifelong Angel fans who happen to be brothers and so we started this podcast with the goal and vision of getting the Angels to the World Series, but right now the mission has been... Let's get back to 500. Yes. And we got there. We got there. Technically, on Tuesday night, we're still there. (laughs) Technically. I hate that we have to say technically. I did share with our friend, our mutual friend, Shannon. uh, I told her uh, this weekend that uh, we got the Angels to 500, and so we're quitting the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over. (laughs) And she said, well, just don't set the bar too high. So maybe our, our next mission, as we're trying to get them to the World Series, our next mission should be getting the Angels to a... 509 winning percentage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that, right? I think so. We uh before we dive in, it's always good to uh, remind everybody where they can find us on social media. So, uh let's uh point you at Super Halo Bros on Instagram and Twitter. We're part of Around the Diamond. You can find them at Around the Diamond. Great group of content creators and collaborators who love covering the teams around Major League Baseball. And uh you can also rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcast and follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So we, we really appreciate the rates and reviews, and it's been some good encouragement. So thanks for doing that. Absolutely. So I, I want to make a, a promise before we get into this episode, Mike. Okay, Can go for that? it. Yeah, there please. will not be there will not be one bad sticky pun. We're not going to say anything like sticky situation. We're not going to say sticky stuff like what is there to be said that hasn't already been said about all of the uh, substances that play that pitchers use when they pitch? I'm sorry. I don't you said sticky. It. You said sticky pun and I got hungry because I was thinking of sticky bun. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> sticky buns. That's let's fine. talk about sticky buns. Yeah. 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 Did you see uh, I, we, we didn't have a plan to talk about this, but I do want to at least address. Did you see Tyler Glasnow's comments? Yes. I thought that was really interesting. He said, I stopped using uh, a version of sunscreen and maybe some rosin yeah. um, as a mixture for his his baseballs that he throws. And he said the last few games he stopped doing that. And he said that's the reason why he hurt his arm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read about that. And then I looked at the comments because Twitter is just a mess and a dumpster <laughs> fire. Oh, it and like so it's great. Everywhere. It's great to see the comments from the fans because they entertain me. But a few of the fans were like, translation what he just said was i learned how to cheat and get away with it and now that i can't cheat i got hurt (laughs) so i I don't know what to make of it john i know that we you started with a promise but here's the thing you made the promise i didn't so um (laughs) well we just can't make bad sticky puns that's all no sticky Ooh, sticky buns sound good okay so (laughs) i i really am kind of like in this weird world of like what do you do? Because there was another really great comment. I don't I remember can tell who you said what you it. Do. You don't make a change in the middle of the season. You don't make a change <laughs> in the middle of June. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Right in like, the middle of until, June. Wait until you got, you got a CBA coming up. You got an off season. Always. Absolutely. Like you have plenty of time to make these changes 
in the off season. So this is the epitome of public pressure. Do you think that this is the epitome of public pressure? This is a, a problem that wasn't a problem that all of a sudden is a problem because Major League Baseball bought Rawlings, tried to juice the ball, and went, oh, that's not fun to watch. So then they they delace the ball, and now they're getting a bunch of grounders and the worst batting average across baseball <laughs> since the 60s. Uh, and Rob Manfred's face should be on every single baseball that Rawlings print because he <laughs> is – the mastermind of all of this. Uh, your your hate for Rob Manfred is uh, well documented. <laughs> when Mike, when he makes me miss Bud Selig, yeah. then there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. To finish my to finish my thought, there was another ball player that actually talked about how he wanted the pitchers to have some sort of substance because they're throwing ninety to ninety five, and he said, "I want them to have." some aspect of control that they're right. throwing so they're not throwing at my face. Right. They, uh, the memo says that they'll let them use rosin. And he, he, here's a memo. <laughs> yeah. Here's a memo from somebody who's never I, held I a baseball memo. in their life. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. And uh, it's just a problem because, I mean, these guys need control and they need to be safe out there. The yeah. hitters even agree, like, no, they need something. I mean, right, right. Uh, look, I, I saw the comments that people were saying about Glass now too. Yeah, and I understand that uh, it's frustrating to be like, or it's it's easy to say, uh, oh, you you stop cheating and you can't pitch unless you yes. cheat. Right, but right. If you actually listen to what he says in the three minute or so video, it, the grip. I mean, the grip and the mechanics of his pitching all change because of how much force and how much pressure right. and how much right. you have to put onto the ball. Like, and and for him to say, like, yeah, I felt it right in the in the forearm, like right yeah. where you're supposed to feel it. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I don't think that we should have made this change right now. The guy was headed toward a Cy Young season, was going to be an All Star, right. was probably going to get his team to the World Series. And they're trying to avoid Tommy John, but at the same time, um, you you never know with these things. I mean, Shohei There's... Shohei was hurt with his arm when he first got here, and yeah. managed to play through it for a little bit, and then ended up needing Tommy John anyway. So yeah. it's just you never know. There's something about listening to the voices of those that are in the trenches, and so yeah. to not just completely dismiss him. No, um, I don't think that that's appropriate at all. You know, John, it's just it, it's a really Sticky situation. You almost made me swear just now. (laughs) Hey, speaking of swearing, uh, you created an incredible meme that stirred up Twitter this week. And it was a meme from a spoof of the the Star Wars movies. And Anakin and Padme are on it, right? And so there's four different pictures. And talk about it for a moment because then I'd like to talk to you about how it was a great meme, but then the response from the team <laughs> was actually pretty ironic. So talk yes. about the meme for a moment. Our meme went viral. I don't know if you guys have seen Padme and Anakin having a conversation. And there's actually nothing really like that in the movie that right. Right. mentions like what is happening in the meme. But it, essentially, Anakin makes a suggestion. Padme goes, oh, like this? And he doesn't say anything. And she's like like this like she asked the question twice <laughs> yeah yeah and so ours was uh anakin saying hey uh our starter went seven scoreless innings time to bring in the bullpen and hold the lead and padme says with c-rod right and anakin doesn't say anything and she says <laughs> with with c-rod 
right? Right. And uh, <laughs> and it feels that. And I said every time we go to the bullpen, this is how it feels. And it went viral, dude. It was it, uh, it was really viral. That was pr- the first thing I've ever gotten to go viral uh, ever. So that was, that was fantastic. That was pretty exciting. And it took off. And so that actually is a great segue into hey, how'd the boys do this week? Because how'd the boys do. This they had week? a fantastic week. But before we talk about the fantastic week that they had, let's talk about how the day that you post that they bring <laughs> in C Rod. And he blows the lead. Yeah, yeah, poor guy coming back. He uh, he'd been back with the team for a while after his rehab starts, and and uh, just didn't have it that night, which I yeah. thought was hilarious. But right. uh, hey, you know what? If you're a new listener because you followed us as a result of that meme, welcome to the show. We're glad. We're to have so you. glad you're here. It's so great to have you, and it's so great to celebrate a sweep of the Royals and oh, a yeah. sweep. Can I, can I do a little of uh, the Diamondbacks? Not just one sweep, but two. Sweeps! <laughs> Only cool. if I can do a uh, Scott Hall. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> One more for the good guys. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was so fun to watch. It was so fun to be a fan this week. It was as if we had started the season off fresh again because we started mm-hmm. the season off so great. And to watch Shohei pitch on Friday was a blast. And I, I loved this tweet from Bill Shaken. He actually said on Friday, Shohei Otani is on pace to drive in 116 runs <laughs> and give up as a pitcher only 39 runs this Dang. season. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That's huge. And so I, I was so, so excited to watch them on Friday. Then Saturday comes, right? And our our staff ace, Alex Cobb, is on the mound. And yeah. talk he has about, a chance. Talk about saying something and then it going and then it 180, right? Yeah. Apart. Yeah. Because we that's talked why I about think how much he was our ace last week. We got we to gotta stop the podcast, right? <laughs> we got to stop it because we, we keep we said jinxing no, him. No poppycock detected, but there was certainly poppycock on Saturday. <laughs> but we can't, we can't blow over the fact that when they were playing against the Diamondbacks on Friday and Shohei was pitching that all of a sudden the umpires decided they wanted to play and called two box <laughs> on him. And then they that called a box on the Diamondbacks pitcher. And it was yeah. like, who's this guy? Who's yeah. this balking, balking guy? Like, right. <laughs> that's as close to a swear as I'll get. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Marty, do you really think I ought to swear? Yes. George swear. swear. Sorry. Back, back to the future. Sorry. Okay. That's what came into my mind right now. But Otani is the most, uh, like I said, he's the uh, MM, MMP, most memeable player. Like yes. his reactions to the bot calls were it was the great. things I've ever seen. He's wondering, like, what am I doing? Right. Yeah. And then he has has like a nice little kind conversation with the umpire. Um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> could, yeah. I, could you tell me what I did? Yeah. The Interesting. Most polite, the most polite man in baseball. Interesting. And so, yeah. So then we here we are with Otani's game. Then we have Alex Cobb's game with a chance on Saturday to actually get back to 500. And and quite honestly, it was a stressful game because he goes down 5 nothing again. Yeah. Because the week before he pitched, he went down 5-1. to one. It was the game that my family and I went to. And then it was great to see the Angels come all the way back. Yeah, they did. And you know who came in after Cobb was uh, Jose Suarez again. Yes. Yep. And uh, man, he just he held it together. I think he gave up one run across uh, three or four innings um, after they had to take Cobb out of the game. And he even got to bat because they wanted to keep him pitching. So, uh, yeah, I was listening to that game on the radio. And uh, that was that was really exciting to, to hear that comeback. That was yeah. that was pretty huge. And yeah. the funny thing is, between Friday and Saturday night, Iglesi- uh, Rysel Iglesias did the exact same thing 
in attempting to close both games, and that was strike out the first two guys and give up a solo shot to the next guy. But the difference was uh, on Saturday is that they had one extra run to play with, so he was able to shut it down on Saturday. And honestly, I mean, for as great as Rysel has been lately, um, we, I know that he was off to a shaky start, and that was mostly due to coming in in non-safe situations yeah, <laughs> and right. just not being good. Um, his mindset, man, when he comes in to get that that uh, the, those final three outs, he just locks it down. And I know he gave up those solo shots, but they were just um, listening to Gubaza talk about it on Friday and then Langston talk about it on Saturday on the radio, those guys, they need to be our pitch pitching coaches because they know everything yeah. and they, they identify things so well. And so they identified that Rysel was, was just throwing the wrong pitch at the wrong time. And that's why mm. they were hitting those home runs. And so I'm, I'm currently petitioning to get Gubaza or Langston on, on the coaching staff because we yeah. need, we need some help here. Right. <laughs> they seem to know what they're talking about. The thing I was really excited about on Saturday actually was to see Rendon's bat actually get mm-hmm. hot yeah. four RBIs that game and uh, Tony two bags is what they call him. And so That's he right. actually hit a couple of doubles and that was really exciting. And the angels actually piling it on was a nice reverse of what we've been experiencing in the past, because that seems to happen to us all the time. We bring in our bullpen and our bullpen blows it. Right. And, yeah. and so the great thing about that game was that we actually put some runs on the board and and piled it on so that if does if Rizel does make a mistake which he did we're not we're not going to have to pay for it right it's not over especially you know in a visiting ballpark where it could have been yeah. over in that moment so right um yeah i i agree with you in the sense that it's great that we're piling on runs it's not great when you have to earn all of those piling on runs back mm-hmm. when your bullpen is blowing it up which yeah. you know we 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 saw uh, and not just the bullpen. I mean, it's 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 all of the pitching. It's it's yeah. everyone. So yeah, um, it's it's frustrating. I mean, I'm watching what's happening here, and our good pal Sleeves is back and uh, just gave up a home run to Sean Murphy. So oh, <laughs> we're good. that much further out from coming back. So <laughs> good. That's great to hear. Full disclosure: we record this on Tuesday night, and so we watch the game as we're talking about it. And sometimes it's a whole lot of fun, and other times it's really. Really frustrating. So let's <laughs> let's keep the fun going, John. I actually really am looking forward to talking about Sunday's game because your boy Patrick Sandoval yes. pitched, and 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 I I just got to say, like I have I have not been a huge fan of Sandoval, although uh, I know he's young. I know he's working out the kinks. I know mm-hmm. that he's learning how to be a pitcher. The dude looks so much more confident as a starter rather than yeah. a reliever. Yeah. And and I I loved when he was getting pulled from that game how ticked he was. Mm-hmm. I love oh. that he got mad. Beautiful. That's the, uh, that's the fire that we talked about at the beginning of the season yeah. that I feel like is missing from the team. Um, and, and they've, they've started to show some energy and some, some fire and things like that. But man, when, when Jared Weaver would come off the mound to, in a way that he felt was too early yep, and would be angry about it, or if he knew that he sucked and, and was pissed at himself uh, because he didn't have a good outing. I, that, I love that attitude, and I love seeing that from Sandoval, and I love that he's a young guy expressing that and, and being frustrated with that because, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't his best game, but it wasn't the worst game either. Right. And to, to get pulled when he did, like, I get it. It's National League. You got to move some guys around, but um, it was good to see that fire in him. 
I, I want to talk about a couple of things. First, I want to ask you this question. Um, do the Diamondbacks and the Royals just suck, or have the Angels been improving? And how, how, would you, how would you say, if they're improving, how can you tell? And if it's just the team's sucking, then we can you know high-five the fact that we swept them is what we should do. But do the Diamondbacks suck? Do the Royals suck? Or are we improving, and how can you tell? The answer to that question is the Royals are terrible and the Diamondbacks are the worst team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And that means that the Angels are not improving. Okay. And the reason the reason why I say that is because the ultimate test, and everybody talked about the, the real test comes when you go to Oakland and you have yep. to face them. Because yep. in the first place, you just split a series with them, which we thought was progress. Right. Um, but the same issues keep coming back to bite us. Yeah. We run out Dylan Bundy, who should not have started because there's clearly something wrong with him. Right. His fastball was down to like 89 when it was up to 93, 95 last year. Right. Um, we keep running out these starters. If Jose Quintana wasn't on the IL, he'd be out there. They'd be running him out there too. Yeah. You have a moment on Tuesday night when Heaney comes out of the game after five innings, he, he gives up a, a single and it's two to two and it's a close game. And who does Joe Madden bring in? But Steve Ciszek, or C sucks because he sucks, <laughs> and he and he immediately throws five balls in a row. He walks the first guy, walks the second guy, walks the third guy, gives up the lead, makes it five two. And it's just like these decisions and these guys who just blow the lead early and the same bullpen guys that keep coming in over and over again. It's the definition of insanity. Like yep. you, you expect the different results with the same uh, practices that you're doing. And, um, for, for us to keep doing this is, is just insane. Like I can't take it anymore. Right. I like to think of us as the Chris Berman of angel baseball podcasts, because (laughs) we come up with some really good nicknames for the players, but we do it because, uh, we're so exhausted with the insanity and we hate, we hate the fact that this bull pain is a pain in our tuchus, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice use of the word took us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm Berman, learning. is that, is that, brock, 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 yep. brock, brock, yep. brock, Good old Chris Berman from NFL prime time. Yeah. Love that guy. So second question I wanted to talk about before you depressed me and started talking about Dylan Bundy, uh, the Joe Blanton <laughs> of the angels on Monday. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, Patrick Sandoval and the thing that I was just thinking through, like you, you can't take him out of the rotation once Quintana comes back. Can you? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. But do you think they will? I don't know with this team. I mean... <laughs> they keep bringing Mike, in Steve Seasuck. <laughs> in, a, in a Mike Sosha era, uh, I would have said yes, because yeah. like you alluded to a few weeks ago, Sosha was the guy who, looked, who, who gave the respect, however warranted or not warranted it was, to these veteran starters and these veteran right. position players. Right. He would put them right back in the lineup or put them right back in the rotation and I don't know if that's going to be the case. And I think if Joe were to make a move like that, I think Perry Manassian would step in and say, eh, I don't yeah. think so. Like, yeah. how about, an, how about a nice little, how about another trip to the IL? Yeah. <laughs> He's not quite ready yet. You know, right. <laughs> he'd find a way to keep him from, from using him. Um, but yeah, man, I just can't, I can't imagine Quintana coming back into the rotation unless Sandoval stays in it and Quintana stays in it and Bundy goes out like, that's a situation I could see happening where right. they're moving those True. pieces around, but um, and it still doesn't solve 
the bullpen issues. No, um, we've got good guys in there. We've got C Rod. Uh, I know Myers has been frustrating, but his last two outings have been nothing but clean. Um, we we've got Jose Suarez, who we talked about last week. We've been impressed with. Yeah, and and Rysel Iglesias locking it down. And I just I can't understand in a two two game why you would go to somebody like Ciszek, who has just who who had a good run for about eight games there. Right. And I just can't understand why you would go to him in such a high leverage situation. So I don't know, man. There was some talk on Twitter about like, does Andrew Heaney get the extension? Do the angels work to extend him? And I think at a cheap price, you can, you can extend him and rely on him to be your three or four Yeah, because he, he's turned it around. He had that bad game against Chicago and ever since then, he like he keeps us in games. I know that he um, doesn't always deliver in terms of length and and going deep into games, but uh, at least you know what you're going to get with him, right? You have somebody like a Bundy who was a uh, superstar, would have been an all star if there was a game last year, and and now he's just looking like he's looking. And uh, I I really just think if you if you want consistency, like good or bad, you know what you're going to get with Andrew Heaney. Um, but that's my two cents. I, I don't think that it would be wise to put Quintana back in the rotation, but I think the argument's going to be the argument of depth. I think yeah. that there's always this conversation about like, well, you never know who's going to get hurt, and we have Sandoval just in case. And I think that you have to let the kids play. Right? He's like, no let's... longer just. He's no longer just in case. He's he's here. No, like, he he's is here, here and he is he is proving himself and. Jose Suarez is here, and I think yeah. he's starting to prove himself. Maybe yeah. not as a starter yet, but I could see that guy really being somebody that could help the bullpen and maybe potentially move into the rotation. And and quite honestly, like I think they have to do what they did when Jared Weaver was in the minor leagues and was wanting to come up. I don't know if you remember that scenario, but Mm-mm. Jeff Weaver, his older brother, yeah. was in the Angels rotation. Yeah. And Jeff Weaver was scuffling he was struggling yeah and that what they did is they released him and they brought up his brother and so that made for an awkward thanksgiving gathering for the family (laughs) sure but it was the best thing to do and if you look at what's happening in the minor leagues with the angels right now i am so impressed with reed detmers i'm so impressed with a few of the starters down there some starters that i wasn't even aware of that are actually really impressing in a league that actually is a very high offensive league in the pcl and i think that they need to really consider bringing those guys in and seeing what they can get for a quintana and for a bundy instead of trying to see if we can get to the playoffs and the reality is, as much as we're fighting for, hey, get to 500, hey, let's get to the World Series, the truth is is that you said at the beginning of this season, and I agreed with you, that this team is probably an 85-win team mm-hmm. on the upside, right? And mm-hmm. so they're 85 wins, but what do you do with that? That's the danger of having a baseball season, having a team that is meh, right? <laughs> that is yeah. just kind of average, because you don't really sink too low you're kind of competitive but what it does is it keeps you in this world of can we should we could we instead of going no we are and i think what perry has shown us in certain moments is that he is a we are type of general manager and i think he's trying to be 
honorific to Joe Madden, just like I think past GMs were trying to be honorific to Mike Sosha. Let's be honest, Joe Madden is essentially Mike Sosha in his in his allure, right, and in, mm-hmm. in, in his luster, and so yeah, because he's Angel's been there forever. History, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and so. I think that there's got to be some caution that you use with Joe Madden in those instances. But the reality is, is you're not getting anywhere with what you have. And it's been proven now. We go 6-0 and and look fantastic. And to your word, it was because we were playing terrible teams. But then Monday hits. And then even Tuesday hits. And here we are back in the same conversation we were having before the winning streak. Right? Right. Right. Now, I will say that, like, if if we can have a winning record in the month of June, which, you know, we're on pace to have, um, because we were, we are nine and three, it is possible that we'll go nine and four after yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, but man, so far, I mean, it's, it's been a great June, but again, against those terrible teams and no, you know, I, I, I think that we have said all along, if we can survive without trout the fact that we got back to 500 without yeah. him is is yeah. progress um we really need to assess who we are at the all-star break yeah and then make decisions from there about buying or selling because i don't know who you yeah. buy I, I i mean i know that we need to buy some rotation pieces and some uh some bullpen relief but i don't know if i don't even think that's enough this year to to get them to where they need to go Agreed. And the fact is, it, it was a weird off season, not just because of, you know, the COVID season and everything, but we we got a new GM. We, I, I feel like Perry made moves that would maybe make us competitive. Competitive, you you could have gotten a decent amount of starts from Jose Quintana, but for some reason he's just he just can't do it. Yeah, but you look at uh, somebody like an Alex Cobb who does really well with this defense behind him and he does really well with with our offense behind him because he'll have you know a bad a bad inning or two and and we pick him up and I think that our team is built to pick up our starters I think that's the direction that we intended to go however at the beginning of the season you still had Pujols on the books whether he was on the team or not you still had that 30 million owed to him um and so I I don't know I think I think Perry realistically kicked the can down the road Hmm. for this season okay and and made us somewhat he did what he could to make us competitive now granted i say that with taiwan walker out there right you know right (laughs) right Ooh, is that a a walshy a walshy home run a washamania bomb Ooh, breaking news (laughs) john bringing the spoilers (laughs) that's right um all that to say i i i think that we reassess at the, at the all-star break and then we just have to decide from there because you're right. Yeah. It's so frustrating to be in the middle. And the truth is we've been in the middle since like 2016. Right. You know, yeah. because we, we, we almost made it in 2015 and you, you had some hope there. Right. Um, but, but since 2016, I mean, gosh, you look at the last time we had trout out this long was 2017 and that lineup was terrible. Awful terrible and i i like this lineup a lot more and i also like mike to your point that you've made in past episodes you go with a guy like like taylor ward and and let him play yeah you go with a guy like patrick sandoval and let them play yeah 
And even though they're young and, and maybe they're not going to be your, you know, game changers, like at least it, it's, it, at least it's Taylor Ward and not, you know, like Shane Victorino back in 2015, you know, 100%. <laughs> I, I think what we're experiencing right now with Taylor Ward and what we're experiencing right now with Jared Walsh and also with Patrick Sandoval, and I'll even throw in Jose Suarez is what we were allowing them to do at the end of the year last year. The angels were out of it. Mm-hmm. And for the last 20 maybe 25 games, they were fun to watch. Even though, even though they weren't necessarily winning every game, they were fun to watch. They were competitive. And a part of that was that we saw some of these young guys rise up, step up. We saw Taylor Ward raise his batting average to up over 270. At one point, he was at 290. Yeah. And now he's back, and he's hitting some bombs. I think he's getting into a good rhythm. I'm actually – he's growing on me. I know he's somebody that you've been keeping an eye on. But also to see Patrick, like, he's gotten some really good work in lately. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, the thing is, is like – and I, I heard this on uh, your your favorite radio program today, Roger Lodge's show. <laughs> and, and he said something that the was – sports lodge. It was so simple – and yet the Angels make it so complicated. And he said, you win tonight, you win tomorrow, you're four games back. You're four games out of first place. Like, it's 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 as simple as you win tonight, you win tomorrow, and suddenly it's a completely different season, right? Yeah. But you yeah. lose tonight, and maybe you win tomorrow, and you find yourself in that meh, kind of world still and yeah we're playing Detroit and so perhaps we're gonna run through Detroit because that's what we're supposed to do but that again goes back to like are the teams just really terrible or are the Angels improving and I agree with you I think the teams are just really terrible and we're beating them like we should and we're finding ourselves in a in a in a moment where the rubber meets the road as dad (laughs) as dad would say right and we got to figure out who we are and Honestly, I, I I would not wait until the All-Star break to figure that out. I oh, would make decisions within the next two weeks, and I wouldn't yeah. let a streak against terrible teams dictate that. I would say, where's this guy at? Where's that guy at? Let's go. And perhaps that's why we have kind of this middle-of-the-road team, because they don't think that the younger guys are ready to actually blow up in the major leagues. But I'm, I'm of the opinion, and I, I'll, I'll say it again. You already affirmed it. I'm of the opinion, like, Let's let let those young guys get some experience and let's let them grow at the major league level. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's a culture thing. Obviously, I don't I'm not in the inner workings, but I believe that that's actually the best way to go or else we're going to find ourselves in this hole next year and the year after and the mm-hmm. year after and the year after. And it's annoying, right? It's so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. I, I have to say I'm impressed that we went 16 episodes without making a, a dad reference, a reference oh. to our dad. So uh, yeah, well, well done. Well done, us. I'm, I'm proud of us. <laughs> so now that we have completely uh, addressed all of our grievances, <laughs> can we talk about one particular player that I've really enjoyed having around? And we talked about him in our last episode and would he be trade bait and all of that stuff. But our boy, Maximum Stassi. Maximum Stassi. Has been batting third in the lineup. He's been batting fourth in the lineup. And... The question I'm wrestling with is like, so who is this guy, right? Like, is he this offensive force? Is he growing as a, as a complete player, as a great hitter, or is he just having 
a really good moment because he was AL player of the week last week. Mm-hmm. And, and can I, can I quiz you on something, John? <laughs> I think I already know the answer, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, who, first of all, who was, who was the last angels catcher to be player of the week? Oh, the catcher angels catcher. Would you like the year? Uh, no, let me guess. Okay. Um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Benji, Benji Molina. He was not the last. He did get player of the week, but he was not the last uh, catcher. Angels catcher. Oh, man, I have no idea. 2013. Does that help? 2013 was Ionetta. Yep. Chris Ionetta got it? Chris Ionetta in, oh, wow. in the month of September what during the week. He hit a couple of bombs. He knocked in a few runs, and he batted up over 300 during that week. Wow. I know. I'm glad we got that one week of Chris Ionetta from Tyler <laughs> Chatwood. Right. Beautiful. Right. Now, um, this one I'm, <laughs> I'm not so thrilled with, but uh, the last time an Angels player, not named Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, uh, who won player of the week was, was it your boy? It was my boy. It was your boy, Matt, Matt Shoemaker. Matt Shoemaker. <laughs> was that 2014 when he came in? Actually 2016. So I don't even know oh, what in the world he did because I, I, it must've been a game where he, he caused the game to go six hours because that guy in between <laughs> pitches takes forever. <laughs> he drives me nuts, but Back to Max Stassi. All right, yeah. so player of the week. Johnny, speak to me. Who is he? Is he an offensive force, or is he having a good moment? Man, well, okay, let's take, a, let's take an example like tonight. Um, you, you have a guy in Kurt Suzuki who, who caught tonight. Yes. And, and that's out of, you know, Stassi played like the last three or four games or so. Sure. Um, but there, there was a moment where there was a clear strike three with Andrew Heaney. And then rather than get the strikeout, he gave up a hit. And it's moments like that that make you appreciate what Max Stassi is doing behind the plate. Hmm. Because the difference between a Kurt Suzuki pitch frame and a Max Stassi pitch frame is like those guys you see outside the car dealerships, those blow up things that like flap their arms. <laughs> yes. That's Kurt Suzuki. Every time he catches a pitch, <laughs> And that's good. And that's really good. With uh, with Max Stassi, it's not just the pitch framing, but it's the offense. And, and yes. to face that guy in a lineup, um, you know, there's Rendon. Rendon's going to be out for a few days, and you have this offensive spark plug right now in Max Stassi, yeah, who can hit bombs. Which right. I had no idea until last season. Right. And uh, just just the fact what I'm trying to say is he's an offensive force. Okay. And I think that he's proven that um, he's maturing and, as a ball player then. And, and the, and the margin of difference between him and Kurt Suzuki is more than substantial. Absolutely. And it's frustrating that we still have Suzuki on the team. It's one of those situations where it's like, why is he on the team when you could have a Ben boom who I know you're not a fan of Ben boom, I would much rather see Ben Boom, who can run down the line faster than Kurt Suzuki on the yeah. team. Yeah, uh, it's one of those situations where it's like, why is this veteran guy taking up space when we need to look to the future? Yeah, um, I mean, gosh, put put Taylor Ward back there again. Put bring up Matt Tice, who's who's hitting really well in in AAA right now. Like there right. there are options, yet we right. continue to run 
Suzuki out there, but uh, this is not a Suzuki question. This is a Stassi question, so I apologize. But <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is is they are just so different a player that like it, it just feels good to see Stassi in the lineup. What, yeah. what are your thoughts? I like him, and I want to keep him, and I love having uh, a catcher that actually is great defensively, but I love having a catcher that's incredible offensively. Yeah. And I don't really – I mean, we mentioned Chris Iannetta, but the reality is is the last really good offensive catcher we had was Benji. Benji Molina, yeah. and I love Benji Molina, and I think that he is an Angels Hall of Famer, and we owe a lot to him. And I think the reason why we had a really strong pitching staff in the early 2000s was because we had Benji Molina behind the plate, and it was long before they were doing pitch framing and talking about all those extra stats, right? But I think Benji had this confidence, this swag about him where mm-hmm. he was able to help his pitchers become better. He was able to keep them calm. He was able to call the right pitches. And then he'd come into a game and he'd get the single when necessary. He'd get the home run when necessary. I remember a game where he hit a triple and he knocked in a few runs. And so (laughs) I like having a catcher that we can put in the middle of the lineup. And I think it's because, you know, like, can we go back in time for a moment? I want to talk about something that has been sentimental to me, but it's in a weird way. I, Uh I always remember watching the Dodger games on TV as a kid because I loved Vince Scully and it was KTLA channel five that they were on. But the thing I remember about watching those games was how much I longed for, even as a young angel fan, how much I longed for a Mike Piazza. I wanted a Mike Piazza on our team. And as much as I wanted guys like Lance Parrish when he was playing for the angels to be that guy, we never really had a catcher. And then Benji came along and he wasn't necessarily a Mike Piazza by any stretch of the imagination, but he was somebody that could carry the offense. And yeah. we haven't really had that. Ionetta would hit 198 and knock in, you know, 15 home runs, right? Yeah. But he would strike out more often than not. And he wasn't necessarily that great as a catcher. But having a Max Stassi, who is really a surprise, and we got for next to nothing, is, I think, a gift to our team. And so I would love to see him continue with our team because it's hard to find a really great catcher. Speaking of great catchers, like Yvonne Rodriguez was another AOS guy in the early nineties that I loved to watch. And I would be jealous. Like I want an Yvonne Rodriguez behind the plate, (laughs) you know? And so I, I want to keep him. I want him to be the player that he has the ability to be the potential to be. And I think he actually is who we are seeing and he's just getting a whole lot more reps. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the hip surgery was a huge uh, difference over the off season. Yeah. I mean, if, if the fact that he was struggling with like lingering pain and for that to be gone, it, yeah. it makes all the difference. I have a good, uh, this will be a palate cleanser for us. You know, okay. we're, we're angel fans, but, but Mike and I, we appreciate who the Dodgers are. We are not one of those like, Oh, angel Dodgers. Right. We don't do that. Um, because we like good baseball and we like good baseball teams and we're real fans. Um, all of that said, palate <laughs> cleanser tonight, the Dodgers returned to full capacity at Dodger stadium. And before the game began, Vin was on the field and he said, it's time for oh. Dodger baseball. And the crowd Even as went an angel fan that gives me, that gives me the goosies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can we talk about another player before we actually talk about a lot of players? Yes. I want to talk about Otani and I want to ask you this question. Is okay. he, the, is he the MVP? In my mind, yes. And why? Uh, Because he's producing as a hitter, and he is uh, our most capable pitcher. Okay. Um, And he's doing these at the same time. It's what earned him Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And I think if he can do this for a full season, 
and be on pace like you said he was going to be on pace for. Yeah. Um, I, I easily the MVP. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I know that like Vlad Jr.'s at the top of that. Yeah. That list. Um, and and he's like the biggest competition, and rightfully so because the guy right. is crushing it. And, right. and I would not be offended if he won the MVP. However, yeah, I think that uh, Otani is 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 number one in my mind. What do you do, think? Do the baseball writers then give him the MVP or do you think that it will go to Vlad jr. If he keeps up what he's doing? Um, I mean, if, if these two guys are still doing what they're doing at the end of the season, if they, okay, let's put it this way. If they were to vote right now, who gets the MVP? I think you got to go with Otani. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. because of the pitching side of things. Yeah. Can I tell you something funny? Yeah. So today when this conversation was happening on Twitter, uh, Somebody, um, he, he goes by at inherited runners and he's an angel fan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he follows us <laughs> and, uh, the angst, the angst and angel lore, oh, like an angel fandom is everywhere. We, everywhere. we feel your pain. All right. Yes. Continue. We sympathize. Uh, he, he posted a screenshot at Vla- of Vladdy at a press conference and said through his interpreter, Vladdy, uh, on the topic of Shohei and MVP race, he said, Oh, Shohei is more deserving than me than for the MVP. And he, and, and Vlad said, uh, you know, just what he's doing with the pitching stuff. I, I can't do that, but okay. So it was a joke, right? Like it yeah. was a joke. Yeah. But, but Matt Vaskersian read it on the broadcast tonight as a real thing that Vlad said. Oh no. And so, so, uh, inherited runners tweeted and he was like, I just trolled Bally sports. West. <laughs> <laughs> you are well known. That's fantastic. Oh, it was beautiful. That's fantastic. So Shohei actually is the, uh, AL leader at DH for the all-star voting. And yeah, that's uh, great. I, I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised cause yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I was concerned, but I mean, his, his fandom is just huge. He got a big ovation in in Kansas City. He got a big ovation in uh, Arizona, which I thought mm-hmm. was great. And on a side note, Mike Trout is actually leading uh, the outfield in AL All Star voting as well. Heck so yeah, he is. Somebody tweeted out the other day that I thought was really profound. They said, uh, "This is just an affirmation that he is the face of baseball because he hasn't played for a whole month, and you've got <laughs> guys like Vlad Jr. and other people there, and he's still leading the AL in outfielder All Star votes." And so yeah. I think that's that's great. So we're talking about players. We're talking about players. And one of the things that we enjoy doing on this uh, podcast is talking about angel history because we want you to be well-rounded angel fans. And we know that a lot of you are new to this. And so what we've decided to do to finish up our conversation on this episode is John and I have taken uh, and split the positions that each of the angels played. So first base, second base, catcher, starters, relievers are John. I'm going to do third base, shortstop, right, center, and left field, NDH. We've taken these positions and we've identified the top four angels of all time at each position. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to challenge each other to remove one. one you have to remove has one. to go. So... Then we'll talk about like the effect of if we remove that one from Angel's history, how does it play out in Angel's history? So, yeah. John, you want to give your list to me first, and I'll play the game, and then I'll give you my list. You want to go back and forth? Let's go back and forth. That's Let's even better. That. Brilliant. Okay. Let me get my uh, my notes here. Oh, you have notes? I have mine memorized. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Mike. All right, start. We're starting at first base. Okay. 
Okay, so remember, one has to go. So okay. I'm just going to read you. Let's do this uh, back and forth. I'm just going to read you the names. Yes. And in your gut, you tell me who goes. Yeah. And then I'll give you the stats for why one person should go, one person should stay. How's okay. that? Okay, okay, great. Okay. Uh, first base, you've got Wally Joyner. Yep, I was going to say you gotta be got to have Wally there. Uh, Rod Carew. Okay. You've got Scott Spezio. Okay. Now I have a little bit of a, a of a tricky one here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got Darren Erstad at first. Okay. And and because it's a tricky one, because I know he played the outfield as well. Yeah. I did add a fifth. Yeah. I added I added J T Snow. Okay. So okay. there's five: Joiner, Spezio, Erstad, Snow, and uh, and Rod Carew. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it four. I'm gonna eliminate. Give me two eliminations. I'm gonna eliminate Erstad because I'm gonna talk about him in the outfield. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to take those four. I'm going to take Rod. I'm going to take Wally. I'm going to take uh, Spezio. And I'm going to take JT Snow. All man, right. man, that's tough. But I think, <laughs> I think, as I think about Angels history, I'm going to eliminate JT Snow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The reason so, why is because of Scott Spezio in the 2002 World Series. Yes. Without Scott, we don't win that World Series. Right. Uh, number two, because Wally Joyner, Wally World, he's such a well-known angel and was so influential when he first came up yeah. and and just a really great player. And then, of course, Rob Crew, Hall of Famer, got his 3,000th hit with us and then ended up becoming a batting coach with us. And so I think that we lose all of that if Rob Crew is not on the team. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, Carew, you got six-time All-Star with the Angels. Yeah. Uh, we made the postseason with him in 79 and 82. Wow. Um, with Wally Joyner, he's got 945 hits uh, at first base, which is, uh, I be- I think it's the most at first base for okay. an angel. Okay. Um, Spezio, of course, you've got the 2002 World Series. You don't win it without him. Right. JT Snow was interesting because uh, he got a gold glove in 95 and 96, and he actually hit uh, 102 runs, or he scored 102 runs, in 95. Wow. So, and the reason why I threw Erstad on there, did you know he got a gold glove at first base in 04? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. So th- I, I had to throw that caveat in there. So, but for the rest of these, I do have four, but that one I thought was, was interesting, interesting to make. So, okay. So you talk, you talked, um, first base. So I'm going to talk yeah. third base, third base. Here's, here's your four. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Sean Figgins. Ooh. Troy Gloss. Uh huh. Anthony Rendon. Uh huh. Doug DeCinzes. Ooh. One. Has to go. One has to go. Um, Figgins, Gloss, Rendon, Desenzes. I know, I know Doug Desenzes' name, but uh, I'm not really aware of his like impact on the team. Yeah. Um, but I know that he's you know legendary in in Angel lore. Yeah. Uh, Troy Gloss, you got to keep Troy. Um, Rendon, I want to keep because, oh, you know. I think Rendon has to go. Okay. I think I think that Sean Figgins' contributions to to the Angels are much more significant than what Rendon. Yeah. Has I mean Rendon doesn't have the history there. Right. Um, and until Rendon proves that he, well, I, I, he is a crucial part of this team. Yeah. Um, but that's looking forward, and I think right. that if if the Angels do anything, Rendon will be a contributor to that. Yeah. So I think I got to get rid of uh, Rendon in this case. Tell me about these third basemen. So Doug Desendes was a part of the Angels teams in the 80s, and so they had some success 
throughout the 80s. Of course, yeah. Troy Gloss was the home run hitter. He he actually won the home run championship in the year 2000. He hit 47 home runs. Yeah. And, and then, of course, Sean Figgins was Mr. Angel. He came in during the 2002 World Series mm-hmm. and stole bases. Yeah. And then we found out that this guy actually is pretty fantastic. He played some center field, and then he ended up at third base for those those late 2000 angels and was really successful. And he was the leadoff hitter that we had never had before. Yeah. And so I agree with you. I think Anthony Rendon would be the guy that you would, you would probably want to get rid of. Speaking of Rendon, did you know that him trout and Otani have only been in the lineup together 18 times? this season? Wow. So wow. Therein lies a big issue with the team right now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're batting, they're batting two, three, four. If they're in the yeah. lineup, right? Yeah, exactly. Amazing, John. Tell Let's me about to... uh, tell, me, tell me about second base. Second base. All right. Uh, this this one's obvious. Bobby Gritch. Yep. Howie Kendrick. Okay. Uh, Adam Kennedy. Hmm. Bobby Knopp. Man, I'm gonna keep <laughs> AK because of World World Series, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, your your teacher your master teacher that helped you get your uh, job at uh, local high school was uh, Adam Kennedy's teacher when he was, when he was younger uh, or she knew him, right? Didn't she know him? That's right. Yeah. She did. So yeah, just for that, that, we gotta, we gotta keep it. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm going to get rid of Bobby Knopp because I don't know anything really about him. I think you made the right choice here. I think okay. Bobby Gritch, obviously uh, yeah. uh, he, he actually is, Fifth among angels all time in war. He's got a 35 war. Wow. Uh, of course, three playoffs they made with him. Um, Kendrick, of course, 07, 08, 09, 14. Yeah. Uh, playoff runs with the angels. Most hits at second base with 1,086. Wow. But Adam All Kennedy, in games that we were down 8 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Kennedy, of course, game yeah. 5. Three run home run or non negotiable. Uh, three home runs, not three yes. run home run. <laughs> yeah, non negotiable. But Bobby Knopp actually was a Gold Glover in sixty seven, or I'm sorry, sixty six, sixty seven, sixty eight with okay. Jim Fergosi. So yes. that tandem yeah. of Fergosi and oh, wow. and Knopp uh, was a big part of that team back in in those early days. Interesting. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So so speaking of Fergosi, let me talk shortstops. Okay. One has to go. Gary D. Sarcina. Mm-hmm. Dick Schofield, hmm. David Eckstein, Jim Fergosi. Mm. Dang. I know. Hard, That's huh? tough. Hard. I think I got to go. I think. What are the implications if I say DeSarcina? I think that Gary DeSarcina not being on the team means that the Angels are not competitive in that 1995 season. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why they weren't competitive was he actually went down with an injury. Hmm. And it was the first year that he actually was hitting really well. He hit yeah. over 300 that year. He went yeah. down with an injury, and then they lost 11 in a row. Oof. And then they won a game, and then they lost nine in a row. Dang. And so he was the heartbeat of that team. So I don't even think they're they're competitive in the early 90s without yeah. Gary DeSarcina. Interesting. Yeah. Who would you pick? Obviously, I would take Dick Schofield because Dick was great defensively, mm-hmm. but he was a light hitting. Think Jeff Mathis. Okay. Great at defense. Okay. Terrible hitter. Um, but of course, Eckstein, you got to keep. Fergosi was the face of the franchise when yeah. this franchise first started. Absolutely. So he was the Mike Trout before Mike Trout was even a thought. Before right. Mike Trout's dad was even a thought in his <laughs> mom's heart, right? So, John, tell me about catcher. 
I'm interested in this one. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Uh, all right. So you got Bob Boone. Yep. Benji Molina. Now, this is uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Brian Downing. Yeah. And, of course, your favorite, Jeff Mathis. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to get rid of Jeff Mathis just because <laughs> I can't stand that guy. I can't stand that guy at all. So uh, what's interesting about this, I mean, obviously Bob Boone, one of the greats. Yeah. Um, you know, getting getting us to the postseason. He's a four-time All-Star. Um, and he bat 368 across 12 playoff games. Wow. In his postseason. Oh, gosh. Uh, Molina, obviously the World Series team. Yep. Can't can't get rid of him. Yeah. Um, Brian Downing was a, a, an interesting one because uh, he actually caught 310 games and was an all-star in 79. Wow. Um, as a catcher. Okay. Um, but with Mathis, this is interesting. He actually hit 450 across 10 playoff games as a catcher. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but you can't take away his his defense either. And and, yeah. and Mathis is uh, the smart guy, quote unquote, favorite um, catcher. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I I I don't know. I think his contributions hmm. to the team might outweigh like a like a Brian Downing. I did go to a um, playoff game. I believe it was maybe two thousand and eight, uh, and went with a couple of friends. And they played the Yankees. And mm-hmm. the reason why they won the third game, it was we lost two in New York and we were coming back to our, our stadium. The reason why they won the third game was because of Jeff Mathis. He hit a game-winning double wow. in the bottom of like the 11th inning or something like that. We stood the whole game and I thought when he got up, we were done. And he hit a double and he ended up winning the game for us. And so I'm still going to eliminate him though. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. All I right. got rid of him. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk right field. You ready? Yes. Tim Salmon. Ooh. Vlad Guerrero. Ooh. Reggie Jackson. Oh dang. Fred Lynn. Wow. Gonna be that's this is hard. Salmon yeah. Guerrero, Jackson Lynn. What you got? No. One has not, to go. You're not getting rid of Salmon. Nope. You're not getting rid of Guerrero. Nope. You. you I gotta go Fred <laughs> Lynn. Okay. I, think I gotta go Fred Lynn. So what you lose is a three-time All-Star yeah, and someone who helped the Angels win the 1982 AOS, which mm-hmm. was their second American League West championship mm. at the time. And Fred Lynn is, is well-known. He was more of a well-known Boston Red Sox player than he was an Angels player, mm-hmm. but the Angels did get some good years out of him. And uh, so that's what you're losing if you if Fred Lynn is not on the team. So I know that's hard, man. When I looked at that. I was like, I'm glad I'm not picking because but you that's don't, you don't get rid of Reggie tough. Jackson though. Like <laughs> you can't. He was on the '82 and '86 team. But the interesting thing about Reggie though is that he only really had one good year, his first year with them. Really, the rest of the years that he had with him, he was he was not not super fantastic. Like he wasn't the Reggie Jackson that everybody knows. Yeah, is he the his one first year the one with them was great. I, you know, I, if I had to pick, I think I would probably lean in his direction. Although, since we mentioned dad, dad reference, uh, <laughs> my dad always talks about going to Angel Stadium and seeing Reggie Jackson play and how cool it was. That's great. And and so I, I, I don't know, man. I think I think I would get rid of Reggie. Part of that is, too, those two, Fred and Reggie, played long before I was really, really paying attention. And yeah. so you do have some sentimentality with Tim Salmon and Vlad Guerrero. Tim Salmon, he's my man crush. Like, he's my favorite player. So. Sure. I would not get rid of him. John, tell me about the starters. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. All right. Of course, Nolan Ryan. Oh, man. Chuck Finley. Okay. John Lackey. Dang. And Jared Weaver. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Ryan's got to stay. 
I think he, I think John Lackey's got to stay. I think it's between Weaver and Finley. Okay. And I think that um, I'm going to go Chuck Finley, even though I know he leads the team in probably every starting pitcher category that they have. But I think with Weaver, he was so integral in some of those playoff runs that I wouldn't want him off the team. And so as as much as it pains me to say, yeah, I would say Chuck Finley. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, the reason why it pains you to say it is Finley was a five-time All-Star. Yeah. He's got a 52 war among all-time angels. Wow. Uh, and he leads the team in all-time wins at 165. Yeah. Uh, he leads the team in innings, 2,675. Dang. And he had 2,151 strikeouts. Man, over. full disclosure, I used to love watching him play. Oh when he pitched I, I i really even as a kid i was confident the angels were going to win because chuck finley was on the mound yeah but the thing is is you had those same feelings because in jared weaver's career now he's got a 36.1 war but yeah. you have to consider the 2007 8 9 and 14 postseasons yeah, right um and he's actually the second angel uh he he's the second angel in win percentage he's got a 0.621 win percentage good grief yeah what yeah. a career. Yeah. What a career. All right, so let's talk left field. I'm going to do a uh, repeat name for left field. So <laughs> that repeat name is Brian Downing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he did play left field uh, predominantly that. for us. Uh, Garrett Anderson, Justin Upton, and Don Baylor. Oh, One okay. has to go. Yeah. Brian Downing, Garrett Anderson, Justin Upton, Don Baylor. One Don has to go. Don Baylor. He was our hidden coach for a little while. He was. Um. GA stays, Baylor stays. First, first American League championship. Like, yeah, he's got to stay. And Brian, first Angels MVP, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, he's the first one. Okay. Yep. I, I you got to go with Upton. I yeah. mean, you know, we've long had left field struggles over the last few seasons. Right. Um, and he has been the only reliable one that we've had. But uh, no, he just. He hasn't done anything for us yet. <laughs> right. Right. And it would be more of a future conversation just like with Rendon, right? With Rendon, yeah. So yeah. I, I think Upton's got to go. Yeah. Tell Let's talk about, relief tell pitchers. Me, tell me about Brian Downing in the outfield, though. Oh, Brian actually was a pretty solid left fielder for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And offensively, he's one of the top angel hitters of all time. And yeah. so, and Brian kind of has that Doug DeSense vibe to him. Uh, he's got a... He's got a great reputation with the Angels. I think he's the he's the Wally Joyner before Wally Joyner shows up. Yeah. People know him. People identified Brian with the team. In fact, Brian Downing was in an episode of the A-Team, <laughs> and he had his acting debut, and he, to his credit, said, I'm a terrible actor, and I had to act opposite of Mr. T., and he said it was just it was ridiculous that I was even in this TV That's show. Great. But he said that uh, it was fun to do, and that's why he really was well-known, because he was on TV, and again, he was the one that people identified the Angels in the 80s as their as their guy, even though they had people like Reggie Jackson and Don Baylor. He was the guy that people would look to and say, well, he's the homegrown guy. He's the guy right. we're going to cheer for. Right. No, so, that's pretty cool. And, 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 yeah. and as I was researching for, for catcher, it, I mean, just the fact that he stands out as one of the best left fielders and one of our best catchers in yeah. history. Like that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. versatile. Um, all right. So uh, my last category is relief pitchers. Okay. All right. So this one I think is going to be really hard. Uh, 
Troy, Percival. You got Percy. Yep. You got K-Rod, Francisco yep. Rodriguez. You got Scott Shields. Hmm. And you got Brian Harvey. Man. I, I, hit, I hit you in the fields with, with Brian Harvey in the early you 90s did. teams. <laughs> you did. He was the closer that we we longed for after he left. Um, you know, I think I'm going to get rid of Brian Harvey. Mm. I What's think made, the consequences of that? Um, so he actually led the American League in saves in 91 with 46. He did. He did. He had a 1.60 ERA. Wow. And I think the Angels finished <laughs> I think the Angels finished maybe 82 and 80 or 81 and 81 that year wow. too. So he Dang. saved half of the more than half of the games. Uh he was an All-Star in 91 and 93. Okay. Um and he sits at uh 12.3 war of Man. all-time Angels, so. But I wow. think you made the right choice. I mean, you got Scott <sighs> Shields. <laughs> uh Scott Shields when he when he came in in 2001, the very next year he actually um he he pitched 49 innings and had a 2.20 ERA. So wow, um, he definitely contributed to we, that world. He needs team. Scott Shields right now. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he started quite a bit in yeah. 2003. Yeah, um, but full time reliever in 04 from that point on. And he was uh, so good. You knew, when he came in, that lead was not going anywhere, man. Yeah. He was going to hold it for you. Last few years of his career, he actually he struggled quite a bit, but yeah. uh, just for a good eight years there, he was He was really strong. Solid. Last yeah. few years of his career, actually, uh, back behind the scenes story of Scott, he was going through a really, really difficult divorce, hmm. and he actually admitted that that's what messed with his head oh, interesting. the last couple of years because the divorce was just so painful. What do Dang. we do with the kids? And so one of the things you don't really think about when you think about these ballplayers is that they're actual real human beings with real human problems you know right. and so and that that affects their <laughs> like play on the field Tyler glass now <laughs> right right full circle uh, yeah. who do you, who do you uh who do you pick between percy and k-rod man i think that i am going to take percy just simply because of the 2002 world series yeah and yeah. he actually learned how to save from lee smith i love the conversation oh, nice. on on uh i think it was on saturday between Sutton and um, Gubiza, and they were talking about how Percy would go and wake Lee Smith up in about the seventh (laughs) inning because he was napping, and Percy learned how to save games from Lee, and Lee was like, hey, you blow a game? You got to come in the next game and not even think about it. You got to believe you're the best in the world, and Percy was that, man. Percy was that, and Percy's influence then would be felt on on Frankie Rodriguez. I think mm-hmm. Frankie was the closer that he was because of Percy. That makes sense. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right, you got two more categories for me. You got center field and DH. You do. Tell me All about right. that. So center field, um, Jim Edmonds, mm-hmm. Mike Trout, Gary Pettis, Darren Erstad. Mm. Edmonds, Trout, Pettis, Erstad. Mm. You got to keep Jim Edmonds. Yep. Mike Trout's not going anywhere. Nope. Erstad says he's got it. He's not going anywhere. Uh, it's got to be Gary Pettis. What does that mean? Yeah. What did I just do to the team? Gary Gary was <laughs> Gary was our our stolen base king. Gary yeah. was quick. Gary was good defensively. I think that we don't score as many runs. You know, Joe Madden talks about that 1985 team. Gary yeah. Pettis was on that team and he was the reason why they finished second that year with 90, 90 plus wins. But 
you lose a lot of speed, you lose a lot of offense, you lose a lot of runs scored, but I don't know how it impacts the team going to the playoffs or not because they did have Don Baylor, they did have Reggie Jackson, they did right. have Brian Downing, and so. Um, but you do lose a lot of speed, you lose a lot of stolen bases, you lose a lot of runs scored with Gary hmm. Pettis not being on the team. Yeah. I'm okay so, with that. <laughs> let me do uh, yeah. Was before let me I was do, born. Let me do one more, <laughs> one more category. That really is what makes this easier, right? You're like, I didn't see them, so uh, off with their heads. And so uh, let's do DH. Chili Davis. Okay. Move on. Yeah. Shohei Otani. Uh. Albert Pujols. Oh, baby. You gonna pull a Perry and just get rid of Albert? <laughs> no, because thinking about this. I think I got to go with move on actually. Okay. As impressive as he was, the hit dog. We didn't do anything. No. No. Now, here's what happens if we don't have move on on our team. Okay, what are the implications? They traded him for Kevin Apier. Ooh. And Kevin Apier was a key yeah. key piece to that okay. 2002. You're right. Basically, the Andrew Haney, I think. He was the guy that would come in and pitch five to six innings, yeah. eat, eat up innings. He would keep you in games. He finished the year 14 and 12. And and Apier, former Cy Young winner. But that's why we got Kevin Apier, because Mo Vaughn got traded. And then, ironically, Mo Vaughn gets traded to the Mets. And then in 2001, makes the comment, I'm glad I'm out of Anaheim, because they ain't going to win nothing down there. <laughs> and the very next year, we won the World Series. So thank you, Mo Vaughn. But I agree with you. I think I would I would get rid of Mo Vaughn as well. Chili Davis, their sentimentality. Otani, obvious. And yeah. even Albert Pujols, we bag on him. But I, I'm, I'm glad that he was on our team, and I'm thankful that uh, we had him because I think he's been a great influence on like Mike Trout and yeah. other players that have come I, up. I think I think Pujols' best season with us is the 98 win season. Like, yeah, 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that was his best season. I think that was a huge reason why we got there and and won the AL West as as dramatically as we did. Yeah. Um. And I, I understand the contract sucks. The last few years have sucked. Him not getting a home run for like a month and a half in his first year. Oh my sucked. gosh, that was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, like, I've enjoyed seeing the milestones. Um, but I think the biggest contribution is helping us get to the playoffs in 2014. So, yeah. Yeah. That he's was gotta, fun. He's got to stay. That was fun. Yeah. I think, I, I think doing the Halo history last week and then doing this, I think kind of. Ties that a, a nice little bow on it. Huh? We we are helping you to become more educated Angel fans, <laughs> and you're welcome, John. Let's talk real quick before we end. Let's talk about uh, where our announcers stand when it comes to their record. Now, okay. do you have a uh, spoiler alert for our game? We're I trying do. to t- we're trying to extend our time here so that we can actually get the results of the game because we are recording Tuesday night. Let me let me get comfortable. Uh, <laughs> All right, Darren. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, we lost tonight. Oh my so gosh! That's uh that's a tick against Matty V. Yep. So it makes him the eight game. and fifteen. That's eight right. And fifteen. Eight and fifteen. Darren Sutton, twenty three and eighteen. Yep. And uh, Mr. Moda, Jose Moda, two and one. Two and one. Special players edition games. Yep. A lot of people want to see. Uh, they they want to get Weaver in the booth and and. Uh, Somebody tagged Gubaza and Weaver on Twitter, and Gooby was like, I'm going to do it. So 
That'd be great. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. Just to hear what Weaver has to say. He's not even calling the game. He'll just be talking about whatever, right? <laughs> Throwing at Kyle Seeger. <laughs> yes. Love it. So our overall record is 33 and 34. So yeah. we move back to our mission of getting the Angels back to 500. <laughs> we were there. We did it. We did it. And we did then, our part. And then C-Sheck. CISA screwed it up for us. <laughs> Good grief. Hi, Karumba. So, listen, the fact that we're 33 and 34 floating around 500, no trout, no Rendon tonight, Bundy stinks. Like, <laughs> there's, there's help is on the way, I think. You get out of here with your positive thinking. I want to be negative. <laughs> got to do what I got to do. I got to yeah. think happy thoughts. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go fly away. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks for uh, joining us this week for another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. Once again, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Please like, share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. We love to read them. We love getting them. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like snail mail. Who doesn't love a good letter? Everybody yeah. loves a good letter. Yeah. But uh, until then, um, yeah, we'll see you on uh, social media. We love tweeting with you guys. Thanks for uh, following us there. Thanks for making that tweet go viral. That was, Heck uh, yeah. That, was really, that made me really proud. I was proud. <laughs> I was proud of you. <laughs> but uh, until next week, we'll be back with another episode next Wednesday. But for now, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we will see you in the next one.